meaningless thought The shell appears strong But the inside is right It's time to be stirred The time is now The winds have changed Read the signs No time to hide The winds have changed Millennia ago from the little cave on the tiny island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. <laughs> yep. Hello? I, I, I don't hear myself. Do you <laughs> yeah, hear? It's, it's low. Okay. Anyway, I think... Uh, Right here, so. See, we're gone so long and oh, we no, okay. forget. <laughs> so you're coming across loud, loud and clear. Uh, here comes the, the wizard from the other room. He's okay. going to yell at us because we should know better. Now you sound better. Okay. T uh, what happened? It's probably something you didn't do. <laughs> Is that my mic there? Yours. Yes. Ladies oh, okay, and gentlemen. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> well, after about 13 years, we should know that I'm going to turn least. this down a little bit here. So. Okay, hey everybody. Hi, Tony. Isn't it funny when you're not here for a while, everything's just, you yeah, have to get well, it all ready. I, I actually missed you. Really? Yes, really. We missed you. And, and Christina's in the, and uh, we think she's yeah. in the hospital, but uh, I don't know. Something uh, with her diabetes, I think. There's something. So she's, uh, I, I talked to her last night, so mm -hmm. we were trying to get a hold of her uh, this morning. So um, anyway, we'll, She's keep probably her, sleeping. I just—I didn't even think about it. Maybe she's sleeping, and we're <laughs> could be, yeah. And we're bothering her. Anyway, a TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. It's an and hard to believe, but the last Friday of January. Wow. This is uh, really strange. I, I had the children's children's mass this morning, and then afterwards, uh, speaking with the organist and all that, we're already planning. Do you realize Lent begins in less than yes. two weeks? Yes, I that do. is unreal. It unbelievable. is unbelievable. Time is going entirely too fast. Uh, today is a feast of Saint Timothy and Saint Titus. Uh, so I, I think what we're going to do is just go through yeah. uh, the second letter of Paul to, to Timothy because it really is it's a it's a interesting letter and re to read it within the within the context of the times and in, in which we're living, uh, I find it quite fascinating. Um, shared some of that with the students this morning, and of course they were really tired because it's, it's it's dark and it's yeah. rainy and it's cold. And I actually like this, and so you you do. This is your kind of weather. This but, is my kind of weather. So I'm not in a mood. I wasn't in in a mood to talk. They weren't in a mood to talk. You know. So you know, if I I had to, we had to kind of. How would you say? Uh, okay, let's. Uh, Liturgy means means work. We're in the work of prayer and the work of the mass. We get let's let's all wake up. It's but but they're coming. You know, it's uh, the mass begins at eight thirty, and so they're just mm -hmm. coming to school and uh, 
it, it just it, I think it's just this weather makes everybody kind of tired. Yeah. You could just see it. And then one of the one of the guys, a really good one of one of the servers, uh, called the, the Knights of the Altar. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the after the mass, I said, "Yeah, everybody's kind of on uh, kind of in slow motion today." And he says, "Well, you know, it's Friday too." <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, and so true. Anyway, we'll pray and then we'll uh, see where where we go. Where we go where the. Holy Spirit, Spirit will lead us. We hope to be led somewhere, right? Somewhere mm-hmm. good. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection to the same Christ, our Lord. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Holy Mighty Mighty One, Holy Holy Immortal Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasure of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us, increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, 
but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. O most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Mercy, at this most critical time we entrust the United States of America to your loving care. Most Holy Mother, we beg you, reclaim this land for the glory of your Son, overwhelmed with the burden of the sins of our nation. We cry to you from the depths of our hearts and seek refuge in your motherly protection. Look down with mercy upon us. Touch the hearts of our people. Open our minds to great worth of human life and to the responsibilities that accompany human freedom. Free us from the falsehoods that lead to the evil of abortion and threaten the sanctity of family life. Grant our country the wisdom to proclaim that God's law is the foundation on which this nation was founded and that he alone is a true source of our, our cherished rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. O merciful Mother, give us the courage to reject the culture of death and the strength to build a new culture of life. And trusting in your most powerful intercession, we pray, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer us. O Mary conceived without sin, Pray for us who have recourse to thee. O Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. O Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Timothy and Saint Titus. Pray for us. Saint Paul. Pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Did you get a response? Late breaking news. Beep 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 beep. Yeah. Christina responds, I'm still alive. Okay. And? Explanation mark, explanation mark, explanation mark. Okay. Smile face, smile face, smile face, laugh face, laughing. Good. Face. Well, so that's, that's a good sign. Well, there you go. Well, you know, I thought you were starting to break up there. I thought, well, maybe you got some uh, <laughs> bad news, you know. No, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always sad. Melancholy. Yeah, that's what it is. But it is amazing. I, I'm sitting in the chair that Jerry yeah. Would sit in, and I, it's really. I came in and I said the rosary. It was really nice, calming. I mean, it yeah. it, it made me calm. Well, it should. Yeah, that's uh, and you're in Jerry's chair. Yeah. yeah, so I feel God rest your soul. Yes, yeah. We, we just uh, I say we lost, you know, because it, it, it is a loss, you know, when people are yeah. no longer with us, but we know they're, you know, that they go on to, you know, hopefully, you know, to heaven. Yeah, that's our. That's certainly the goal, and uh, we, we. Well, I don't, I don't want to get into. All, we, we, it's, it's, I feel like we're always talking about. <laughs> yeah, but th this is but a, it's the reality. The, the parish the reality, reality is people are passing it's, away, and we're not getting lost, any uh, younger. Lost a very, very wonderful woman last week, uh, Saturday. Sue Marchevsky, mm -hmm. just a, a very, very beautiful person as well, and very active in the parish. Yeah. Lifelong member. She was baptized here. She. Went to school here, grade school, high school. Yeah. Uh, always at that uh, seven 
30 mass, which became a seven o'clock mass. That is really funny because this Sunday, I I felt this desire to go to 730 mass. Really? Well, she wasn't there. Right. (laughs) But the thing is, each mass has its... You know, personality. And it has its yeah. people that are, are that are always, you know, faithful, yeah. that are always there. Yeah, I shouldn't say, I, I don't know if you, it's right to say each Mass has its own personality because the Mass is a Mass. Right. But, uh, but there's a, a, a it's, each, each, is, uh, each is its own community. Yeah. Okay. And that's 7 o'clock Mass, or seven, it's 7 o'clock now, it was 7.30. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, th- those people have been faithful for all these yeah. years, you know. Yeah. Same people. Uh, the ten o'clock it changes all the time, yeah. doesn't it? Because you're yeah. the an usher there. And uh, by the way, you know, so we just opened up the lower church, and that's really uh, I've I had really some very very nice responses. Uh, were you down there? I knew you were going to ask me this. You didn't go down. L- there. Let me tell you the story. Okay. Um, was it, I think it was Loretta that was she did a good job of escorting everybody right. down. Yeah. So I got. I was with Angelica and her sister, Monte Cruz, was there. And they went one way, and I went the other way for some odd reason. Loretta wasn't at the door, so I, I went out expecting to wait because we were going right. to meet up. So I'm thinking, well, where's Angelica and, and Monte Cruz? Well, they got pulled in by Loretta to went go downstairs. downstairs. Yeah. Okay. She must have left, and I don't know what happened, but we got out the door. So, so you I didn't see it. No, no, I, I'm going to see it this this way. Well, you, didn't, I go see it you didn't see it. I didn't. I no. didn't get down there, and I knew you were going to yell at me. No, I'm not yelling. Well, <laughs> you're not. But <laughs> no, because I. I mean, I, the, the the what this is what we want is mm-hmm. we wanted this this space is so needed a place where people can can gather. Yeah. And I was curious as to how, even though it was the first Sunday, I was curious as to how people were. Uh, Going to respond, or if people would go, who would go down there? People, but I, I, people did. They did, from, and, and they stayed. They said people kind of yeah. stayed around. They had coffee and uh, cookies or cake mm-hmm. or something. I don't know, but um, but it was nice, and so I think it's going to be. Uh, so it's a. So you haven't seen the. Well, the see, this is the thing. I know what it looks like. <laughs> okay, and then I did see. I see it in the missile um, or the. Um, Bulletin, you mm-hmm. had the picture, so I, I know what it looks like. Oh, it's just okay. that I never, I didn't have a chance to get down because I thought, I thought you said that the stairs, and maybe that's the confusion I had. I thought you said the stairs weren't working, or it wasn't. well, you know, I made, I, I, I a couple of people mis- misunderstood what exactly. I said because I didn't explain myself well. I just said the stairs haven't, they haven't been restored right. yet. Right. So in other words, it's, it's the stairwell is fine. Right. They're, they're starting on that now. But uh, it's more, um, what would you call it, uh, just uh, sprucing it up, right. you know, get painting and all that kind of stuff. But so this is with Erica and myself. We went outside, and I was thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go around to go in. Right. But by the time we got out, Angelica and Mighty Goose were yeah. coming out already, so I kind of said, oh, father's going to be mad. So they didn't stay down there too oh, long. They, they were there for a while, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. We were outside waiting. What's going on? <laughs> anyway. It's a celebration. Um, it's just like that. So now we're going to have the Eucharistic uh, miracles uh, displayed for, I think, maybe three weeks. The first oh. three weeks of uh, Lent, either two or three weeks, are going to be displayed down there. I think we'll have it open from 3 o'clock on oh, every day. Nice. So, and then, of course, on Sunday. But uh, anyway, um, so a couple of things. Uh, and, and, you know, bear with me because I had Mass for the children this morning and it's just been a busy, busy morning, as as happens in the parish. And 
But yesterday was the, the conversion of St. Paul. You know, I learned a couple of things, I, and I, I, I didn't, don't remember ever hearing this before, but why do you think, uh, because Peter and Paul were both martyred in Rome. Peter was crucified. Paul was beheaded. Do you know why? <laughs> because now Paul was born in Tarsus, okay, which is in uh, uh, Turkey. So he wasn't born in the Holy City. He was born in southeastern part of Turkey. Uh, I think it might have been uh, uh, cut the, the the present name of the city. But anyway, he uh, so that's where he was born, and he speaks about this in the Acts of the Apostles. But he was raised in raised and educated in Jerusalem. But he was also a Roman citizen through ancestry, mm-hmm. and so uh, they for when it came uh, because he was a Roman citizen, he would they wouldn't crucify him oh. it, because he was a because Roman citizens had certain privileges, so he had the privilege of having a a very quick death, painless death because it was a beheading, so that would have been if it's the guillotine, it would have been. Pretty painless, right? Yeah. Instant. Quick. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, that it's was something. Whereas, whereas Peter, on the other hand, was not a Roman citizen. Oh, so and so he had a torturous death. Yeah. Mm. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. So, well, And also I, I learned something else today, too, that mm. um, so, so he's considered a citizen of Rome, uh, also a citizen of Tarsus, and uh, Jerusalem, but uh, because he was a citizen, but citizen meant that you belonged to the city. Wow. So as we, we would say we're citizens of the United States, but in the, uh, at that time, a citizen would identify the city. Citizen uh, comes from the, the, the city you lived in, right. or you, you're, you, you're from this city. What's, that, that was citizen. It wasn't nation. Wow. Uh, you know, it wasn't the nation or the state, but the city. And that was just a little tidbit there. That that would be interesting because I guess each state can do something different. They're not supposed to. That's why we're united. But there are certain. Are we united? Are we? That's for another day. Really. Um, so anyway, so uh, today's a feast. So yesterday was a feast of the conversion of Saint Paul, which is really fascinating. And well, let me talk about this first because I. And you know you got your your cell phone there. Can you just um, Google three days of darkness in the Bible? Three days of darkness in the Bible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the, the reason why I'm, I'm I'm saying that is because Paul was uh, he was a very very devout Jew, and you got to remember the, the the primitive church was all Jewish. It was. All Jewish. It was really Paul, who, who was a devout Jew, but didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah, and he was a persecutor of the Christians who were Jewish, the Christians who had accepted Jesus as the Messiah, as a Christ, and uh, so he was there with, uh, witnessed the uh, and probably ordered the martyrdom of Saint Stephen, the first mm-hmm. martyr, uh, but then uh, he was. Uh, Jesus appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, well, who are you, sir? He says, I'm Jesus. And 
in persecuting my body. This is where we get the, the whole mystical body of Christ. Let me just see if I can find this the quote here. Um, uh, let's see. From the book of Exodus. Is it? What does it say? Well, it just says, prophecy foretells three days and nights of intense darkness over the whole earth, against which the only light will come from the blessed be wax candles. Oh, that's where people get the, the idea of having candles, yeah. blessed candles. And it's from the book of Exodus? Yeah, that's what it says. It's, um, let me see. Let's go on. Is there any way? Ten plagues against Egypt in the book of Exodus. Okay, but is there anything in the gospel? No, it doesn't say. Will there be three days of darkness? Um, so, well, anyway, while you're looking for that, yeah. I want to. Um, so this is, again, yesterday was the feast of the, of the conversion of St. Paul. And uh, from the Acts of the Apostles, you know, Saul, and by the way, his name really wasn't changed from Saul to Paul. Mm -hmm. It was just uh, the, uh, uh, I was reading something on that. It wasn't like from Simon to Peter or from Abram to Abraham. Uh, Saul was, Paul was another form of Saul. But Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus that if he should find any men or women who belonged to the way, because it was, they were called those who belonged to the way, and Jesus being the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, sir? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice but could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days... Three days he was unable to see, and neither ate nor drank. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is there praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him that he may regain his sight. And I love this part. But Ananias replied, Lord, I have heard from many sources about this man, what evil things he has done to your holy ones in Jerusalem. And here he, is, and here he has authority from the chief priest to imprison all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. And I will show him what, what he will have to suffer for my name. So Ananias went and entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me, Jesus who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. He 
he got up, was baptized, and when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. He stayed some days with the disciples in Damascus, and he began at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, Is not this the man who in Jerusalem ravaged those who call upon this name and came here expressly to take them back in chains to the chief priest? But Saul grew all the stronger and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus, proving that this is the Christ. So three days, three days he was blinded. He was in darkness. Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to go, come back to that, uh, the idea of the three days. In the meantime, see if you can find out if there's something in the gospel uh, about the three days of is darkness. something about Revelation? Or in Revelation, yeah. maybe? Yeah, okay, check check that out if okay. you would. We're going to take a break, everybody. Don't go away. We will be right back. I'm Father Anthony on Winds of Change, AM 750 WNDZ. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air, live, Monday through Friday, noon to 1, go to Church. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button. For Winds of Change podcasts, click on Listen to Episodes. I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Costco, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Father Thomas Loya invites you to an experience of a lifetime. Join him along with Father Andrew Somerset and Laura Irachi for a Byzantine Catholic retreat and pilgrimage to Guadalupe, Mexico, Saturday through Saturday, this April, the 20th through the 27th. In honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe, this retreat and pilgrimage to Guadalupe, Mexico, is designed to offer you an experience of culture and faith, as well as moments for personal and community prayer in the Byzantine Catholic tradition. There you will be able to venerate the miraculous image of Our Lady's image on Blessed Juan Diego's Tilma. For complete information and to register for the Byzantine Catholic retreat and pilgrimage to Guadalupe, Mexico, Saturday through Saturday, this April 20th through the 27th, visit the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, so the, the the three days of darkness. I, I I just I was thinking about this, you know, because uh, last night or today rather. I, I, but I was thinking about it last night. Oh no, because yes, it was the conversion of Saint Paul. God, mm-hmm. Forgive me, I'm I'm just all over the place. Um, but I thought, you know, if could could it not be? So so you know, you, you mentioned Exodus, and of course we've got the the quote here from the book of Exodus: the prophecy foretells three days and nights. Yeah of an intense darkness over the whole earth against which only light will come from blessed beeswax candles and during which all the enemies of the church will perish. The prophecy parallels the ten plagues against Egypt in the book of Exodus. Um, so that prophecy, does that, is that prophecy from the Bible? I think it is. Okay, and so then you've got... Uh, We've got this quote from Blessed Anne, 
Anna Maria Taiga. Yeah, that's not here. You got that? There shall come over the whole earth an intense darkness lasting three days and three nights. Nothing can be seen, and the air will be laden with pestilence, which will calm, which will claim many, but not only the enemies of religion. It will be impossible to use any man-made lighting during this darkness except blessed candles. He who, out of curiosity, opens his windows to look out or leaves his home will fall dead on the spot. During these three days, people should remain in their homes, pray the rosary, and beg God for mercy. All the enemies of the church, whether known or unknown, will perish over the whole earth during that universal darkness, with the exception of a few whom God will soon convert. The air shall be infected with, by demons who will appear under all sorts of hideous forms. Um, also, an appeal, appeal also is made to Revelations chapter 6 and chapter 16. The sixth seal and the fifth seal or sixth or fifth vial. These chapters in Revelations most likely pertain to events early in church history, not our future. And although both passages involve darkness, there is no mention of it lasting three days. Okay, so that answers my question. It also says, however, the specifics of the prophecy are not found in either the book of Exodus or Apocalypse of John. The details of the prophecy are derived from private revelation. So I don't think... Private revelation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Revelation. So here it says, the origins of the prophecy are unclear, but it has been attributed to a number of saints and mystics mm -hmm. throughout history. Some believe it comes from St. Hildegard of uh, uh, Benin. Uh, others attribute to St. Patrick and St. Teresa mm -hmm. of Avila. I only bring it up because I've heard, you know, I so often I hear this, the three days of darkness, and I know many people... Uh, over the years, have asked for yeah. Uh, they they keep blessed candles. Yeah, there's a that's, and I always I know there's a reason. There's many reasons for the sacramentals we have. Right. But like I said, I, I would look at this and say to myself, Yeah, this is something that could. You know, well, I that's would uh, this. so. That was the thing that I I was thinking. You know, could God? You know, I'm not I, again. These are you know. This is not church teaching. You know, mm -hmm. this isn't. Uh, these are just. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that Paul was blinded for three days, right. he was in darkness for three days. You can make those connections. That's Yeah, right. This is what I am. I'm, uh, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, but, the, but the mystics, you know, that's uh, private revelation or, uh, you know, who knows, you mm -hmm. know, but uh, it's not uh, the church doesn't teach that. Um, but, it, but it's not inconceivable that if, if God could... You know, Paul was persecuting the church. He was uh, a very devout Jew, persecuting Jews who were Christians, because there was only Jewish Christians, Jews who had accepted Christ as a Messiah. If God could, you know, stop him dead in his tracks and blind him and reveal himself to manifest himself to Paul, and say, you know, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He says, who are you, sir? He says, I am Jesus. And in persecuting me, in persecuting my people, you persecute me. Uh, because it, Jesus says in the gospel that uh, he is the head, we are the body. And you can't separate the head from the body. 
the body goes where the head leads. Uh, so we're, we are the mystical body of Christ. By virtue of baptism, we belong to the mystical body of Christ. The church is the sacrament that mediates the grace. And if we go astray, uh, or, uh, well, let me just, you know, as jump over here to Paul's, because uh, today's feast, uh, feast of St. Timothy, um, just these words of uh, Paul to Timothy. I guess what I'm saying is that if, you know, it's not inconceivable that God, I mean, God can do anything, right? But uh, he certainly uh, took love to the extreme. He laid down his life. He atoned for our sins. God became flesh. He showed us a way, uh, reminded us that the commandments are binding on all people for all time. And we're called beyond the commandments to live a life, a life of high virtue. You know, we got to take take care of each other and carry each other through this life. But God, ha- but and, and, we, and we have to repent of our sins and be baptized, um, uh, be disposed and receptive to the inner working of God's Spirit for purification, transformation, sanctification for salvation. Uh, so if if God could do what He did to Paul, to awaken Paul to who he is and what he was doing. And then Paul undergoes this, this powerful conversion whereby he becomes the apostle to the Gentiles and really goes to Peter and challenges Peter and the others to... Uh, actually, I think uh, Paul says that he didn't meet all the apostles. He met Peter and James and perhaps John but he didn't meet the other apostles, according to, from the Acts of the Apostles. We, we read that. But um, it's not inconceivable that God could manifest himself in such a way uh, that there could be, it's not inconceivable that there could be three days of darkness, uh, whereby we uh, are given uh, a time of grace to. Uh, reawaken ourselves to the reality of God, who God is, and who we are, who we should be in relation to God, and God in relation to us. It's not inconceivable. Um, I I mentioned last night at the Mass about the the apparition of the the Blessed Virgin Mary in in, in, in Tepeyac, on the hill of Tepeyac in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the, the Franciscans, the Dominicans, and the Jesuits, they went uh, to the quote-unquote new world, but they were not really that effective in bringing the Indians to conversion in Christ or to bring them to the church. Um, and, of course, the Indians were, uh, they were offering human sacrifice. When Our Lady appeared uh, and left the image of herself, the Our Lady Guadalupe, of Guadalupe, uh, the, the whole miracle of that, uh, uh, the tilma that Juan Diego wore, and you know the miracle of the flowers, the roses, and then when he opens roses before the bishop, you know the the images there on the on the tilma, and remains to this day unscathed, even though it's been through uh, there's a bombings and fires and and all that. It's 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 never. Uh, it's, it's, it's unscathed. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and and even the material. I, I don't remember the the the, the material, the plant that. Uh, the, 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 Is it hemp? It's it's just made of some plant, like okay. but it should deteriorate if it's by it, it right. just naturally deteriorate within thirty years, I think, from the the time it was made, and yet it remains intact. There's been so much, so much study of that. It's really yeah. quite fascinating. But the, but the point is that uh, uh, she she asked for a, a, a temple. She she appears as pregnant with child. Uh, interesting because as, as as that happens, you know, you've got the Reformation or the, uh, the the great division happening within the church in Europe, much as it seems to be happening today, you know? Yep. And uh, the, but when she appeared in the, in the quote-unquote new world, uh, pregnant with child, and she's asking, uh, she tells Juan Diego, an Indian who had converted, you know, that she wants a temple built on this hill, and, and for what purpose, but what happens in the temple, in the, in the, in the sanctuary with the, at the center is the the altar where the holy sacrifice is perpetuated, the messianic hour, where people are then, you know, we offer our lives in union with Christ to the Father and are fed with the Holy Eucharist, with His body, blood, soul, and divinity. And to be people in mission, you know, to to give witness to Christ. But with that apparition and the miraculous image, uh, it's estimated that nine million. Indians converted. That has to had to be the, uh, the the greatest mass conversion ever in the history of the world. I would think, don't you? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, that's a lot of people. And it, and and human sacrifice came to an end, just as when Jesus suffered death and resurrection, uh, the ascension and and giving the Holy Spirit, the uh, the Judaism at the time of Jesus changes because there's no more priesthood. Uh, the, the sacrifices come to an end. Uh, the temple was destroyed. There is no altar. Uh, there is no place for sacrifice. There is no priesthood because he fulfilled uh, his, uh, uh, all, all the sacrifices that preceded his coming are, 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 were, were a preparation, a typology of preparation for the, the ultimate sacrifice, the definitive sacrifice, which is God who would offer himself the lamb, the high priest, the supreme high priest, offering himself as the lamb of sacrifice to atone for our sins. And uh, it's, it's just, so it, I just find it interesting, you know. So, uh, and, and Paul, uh, again, is the Jews converted to Christ. Uh, all the apostles were Jewish. The Blessed Virgin Mary, Mary was Jewish. But uh, Jesus gave the mandate, you know, to, to go out to all the nations, preach repentance for sin and conversion of life, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, make all nations disciples of, of Christ. And uh, it was Paul who uh, became the apostle to the Gentiles, really moved the Jews beyond Judaism, beyond Israel, beyond Judah, out into the whole world to all the nations, and uh, to, to Catholicize, universalize. So the the old cove- the old covenant uh, is transformed, morphs into the new, eternal and universal, universal and eternal covenant. And uh, now we we happen to be in a place where uh, 
it's 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 almost as if we're I mean beautiful things are happening. There's no mm-hmm. doubt God is really working and manifesting himself in wonderful ways. But we do know that there is this great apostasy that's happening and this this going away from the faith. Uh and so the the gospel for the for today is you know Jesus uh, says go and uh, he sends out the seventy two disciples uh, and he says I'm sending you like find it here like sheep in the midst of wolves um, I got so many so many so much. Uh, Paper for Yeah. Anyway, uh, maybe I didn't bring it down here, but it's the, the sending of the 72, right? Because he says the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. Yeah. It's that the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. And I'm sending you, you're going out as lambs in the midst of wolves, you know. And are we not in a, in a similar kind of a situation? You know, the, certainly the harvest is plenty, the labors are few, and uh, you know, it harkens back to the the call of God. You know, who's going to go for us? Who's going to go for us? Uh, but in, in any case, uh, to Timothy, Paul writes. So, so Timothy and Titus were disciples of Paul. Uh, we'll take a break, uh, Armin. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and I'll, I'll go into that. Because I just find it interesting in reading this within the context of the times in which we're living. So uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm Father Father Anthony on Winds of Change on AM750 WNDZ. St. Stanislaus Koska, the sanctuary of the divine mercy, is open 24 hours a day, seven days per week for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in the iconic monstrance. The Blessed Sacrament is reposed during the celebration of Mass and during special events. St. Stan's doors are always open for adoration. Come anytime, day or night. St. Stan's is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, right off the Kennedy. Visit ststanschurch.org. We are the students of St. Stan's La Costa Academy. Your children can join them for face-to-face classroom instruction. Visit ststanschicago.org to find out how. And you're listening to the Winds of Change. This is Catholic Schools Week, where in Catholic schools, where your child will learn faith, excellence, and service, where it is possible your child can take advantage of the excellence that is St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststanschicago.org. ststanschicago.org. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being with us. So today is a feast of St. Timothy and St. Titus. Yesterday was a feast of the, feast of the conversion of St. Paul and... Uh, 
Timothy was in was in Ephesus, and uh, uh, Titus in Crete. Uh, priests and uh, bishops be, become bishops. The um, it's interesting, you know, because when, when Paul was in Ephesus, and I, I bring this up all the time, but he left Ephesus, and he says, "I'm leaving you." He's, he's speaking to the priests. And he says, I leave you with a clean conscience because I didn't withhold from you the full counsel of God. But you need to know that you, you must know that the, the wolves are coming, uh, coming from without and coming from within to divide and destroy you. And, and that's why, you know, we, 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 we pray that, you know, for the grace of fidelity, perseverance and fidelity to the truth, to the truth. But listen to what Paul says. This is in his second letter to Timothy. He says, uh, he, he challenges him, first of all, uh, to, to hold to the faith, not to get caught up in useless uh, debate. Very interesting. Um, uh, to con- conduct itself, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And, um, and he says, uh, but understand this. So after he gives a warning against useless disputes, don't get caught up in all this rhetoric and you know hold to the truth. Uh, God's solid foundation stands. The Lord knows who are his. Let everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord avoid evil. And he speaks about those who have deviated from the faith. That these are unsettling times, as many would say even today. But he says, you know, to Timothy, he says, I understand this. There will be terrifying times in the last days. People will be self-centered. They'll be lovers of money, proud, haughty, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, irreligious, callous, implacable, slanderous, licentious, brutal, hating what is good, traitors, reckless, Conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, as they make a pretense of religion but deny its power. It's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Reject them, he says. Um, You have followed my teaching, way of life, purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions and sufferings, such as happened to me in Antioch. And he goes on to talk about different places where he, Paul, suffered. Um, he says, in fact, all who want to live religiously in Christ Jesus will be, pers- will, will be persecuted. But, but wicked people and charlatans will go from bad to worse, deceivers and deceived. But you remain faithful to what you have learned and believed because you know 
from whom you learned it, and that from and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And it's interesting, you know, again, when I, people have to understand when, when, when he writes that, when Paul writes that, he's referring to the Hebrew scripture. Because again, the gospels haven't been, haven't been written at this point. He's, uh, Paul is in the process of writing letters um, that become part of the canon of sacred scripture. But So he says, you know, you... Uh, from in- infancy, you from infancy, you have known the si- the sacred scriptures, which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God, and useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that one who belongs to God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingly power, proclaim the word. I charge you, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, convince, reprimand, encourage through all patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but following their own desires and curiosities will accumulate teachers and will stop listening to the truth and will be, and will be diverted to myths. But you be self-possessed in all circumstances put up with hardship, perform the work, fulfill your ministry. I, I just find that fascinating, you know, in the context of the times in which we're living. And, you know, any time, I was just reading uh, this morning from uh, St. Francis de Sales. It was his, his feast day. It was just the other day. And... Uh, I didn't bring my bravery down, but uh, it was very interesting too. But, you know, so in every age, there is this need to re-Christianize or re-Catholicize the faith of the people because it's, it's the, the faith is always under attack. Now, the intensity of the attack is something that uh, might be kind of unprecedented today because of the uh, sophistication of technology and internet and access to information and the fact that the world has become very, very small. And, and this idea of a new world order, which is something that uh, is being publicly spoken about, you know, or a one world religion. Who is this guy? That, uh, this guy from Davos, and that's very interesting. And I, I don't remember his name, but he, I've listened to him uh, on several occasions, but he spoke about the uh, the fantasy that Jesus is oh, yeah. for many, and uh, and and the, and these people are very serious about what they're saying. He said, "But I, but you know, AI, artificial intelligence, can create for us a perfect religion." <laughs> these are the elites of the world, right? Right. Government and corporate corporate elites, uh, 
billionaires so, and all that. It's it's really quite uh, interesting, quite fascinating what we're dealing with uh, in in real time, and and so it, it 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 and that's why for many people it it feels apocalyptic, you know. Uh, it, it just feels that way. I, I I can't tell you how many people speak to me about just feeling that there's an oppression, that there it feels that there's this oppression, there's a certain toxicity, and common sense has just gone out the window. You know, God is commonsensical. God is right reason. Uh, I asked I asked the kids today, you know, in the, at, at the mass. I said, you know, if if everybody in Chicago obeyed the commandments of God, because I read this to them actually, uh, from, mm. you know, uh, from Saint, uh, from uh, Paul in his letter to, to Timothy. And, I, and then I said, if everybody in Chicago uh, obeyed the commandments, would the city be different? And everybody nodded their head. And, and I said, you know, do you, does, it, does anybody, do you ride your bicycles? Can you go to the park alone and ride your bicycles? So we used to have bicycles and ride them. They were our, they became our horses and our tanks and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But the kids don't have that kind of freedom anymore. They've got to be constantly, constantly under supervision, the supervision of their parent, their parents or their guardians or grandparents mm-hmm. or somebody, because because it, it is a very dangerous place out there. Now, mind you, I remember as a kid too. You you watched out for these things, but it it seems like it's ten times more dangerous now. <laughs> It's a, you and know, we have all the comforts, the you know, computers and things that are supposed to make it easy. It's so you not. know, this, this is no exaggeration. I was driving down Elston, mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, right across the expressway. I just I don't want to. There's anyway. There's a, a lot of people there. Yeah, and um, this, the marijuana was so strong that I came back. And I'm in my office, mm-hmm. and I could smell the marijuana. I hadn't. I had just taken my jacket off. I put mm-hmm. it to the side, but I could smell that that marijuana. That that stench just just reeks. It, it, it right. just completely. Uh, my the, my car. My windows weren't down. I had the heater on in the car. It just came through, but it just it just was. My car was full of uh, the stench of marijuana, and when I came in, it was like you know if you if you've been in, around somebody who's smoking, right. then your clothes take on the smell of the smoke, and they think you're smoking too. Yeah. So you're getting the problem. Well, that's that's exactly right. So Father Tony came in smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's really uh, quite interesting, and um, it's the same thing with. A lot of things like I know people, okay, recreationally smoke marijuana. Now that it's legal, it it just it something doesn't seem right. For you know, years now, people think this this is un it's unbelievable. You would never have thought this to be the case. And nobody thinks further than that. Just like the fact that you have to drive somewhere and then be exposed and then it's like okay what do people think anymore older people think okay well wow father must be smoking marijuana <laughs> or you know yeah. he's around somebody that's smoking it's just it's 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 amazing yeah really I hadn't you know I hadn't actually hadn't thought about that if somebody had come into yeah. my office you know it would because it really just reeked of, but but you know is it is this occasion I'm, I'm I'm losing track of what's happening here a little bit but 
that you cannot get a tattoo until you're 18. You have to have, you have to have parental consent. Is that still true? Because I I, I don't know, but don't... but to, to uh, have yourself on uh, uh, these blockers, you know, if you if you want to transition, right? You do you have to have your parents' permission? No, you do not. How how is how does that make any sense? See exactly, you, and I don't know if this is that is, the case. It, it is the case. It's crazy. You don't have to, and, and I and this is where I think people that are paying attention to this sit back and they say. And and I hate to do the whole, you know, drag queen stuff, but I mean, is it because you're older and you say, well, these things were looked at a different way? And now it's almost like, oh, because everybody wants it, let's give them everything they want. If they want to smoke marijuana, let's give them everything they want. So go back to, just to, to listen again just to, to what uh, yeah. Paul says uh, to Timothy. Uh Understand this, there will be terrifying times in the last days. Again, people will be self-centered, lovers of money, proud, haughty, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, irreligious, callous, implacable, slanderous, licentious, brutal, hating what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, as they make a pretense of religion but deny its power. And then again, as he says, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but following their own desires and curiosities will accumulate teachers and will stop listening to the truth and will be diverted to myths. But you be self-possessed in all circumstances, put up with hardship, perform the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That last part is what scares me the most because that's what it seems like we're headed quickly toward. The trajectory is so fast. Everybody yes. is saying that everything is happening so fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we lose common sense, if we have no regard for the faith, if we have no fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, then, you know, we're going to, we have to brace ourselves for, as he says, as, as Paul says, and, and witnessed in his own life, persecution. Yes. Persecution. Uh, you're with me or you're against me. You're hot, you're cold. If you're lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. It's a time now when you got to declare who you are. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Have a, a wonderful weekend. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace. Ciao. What's there to say when the world makes no sense? Do we search deeper truths or say it all?